you have to stay on top of trends. Today's leaders always need to be learning. In this environment of limited resources, the only way to remain competitive is your ability to leverage your most important resource. Welcome to Your Evolving Leadership Journey. In this program, we'll dive into leadership fundamentals that are essential to your success. Now, here's your host, Tom Crea. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Voice America Radio. You are listening to the Business Channel, another episode of Your Evolving Leadership Journey with your host, yours truly, Tom Crea. This week, we invite an expert to take us on a deep dive into his or her specialty. Today, we have the privilege of speaking with clarity expert Brad Deitzer. Before we explore his book, Leading Clarity, a little bit about why we're here. This show is for any leader who believes in continuous learning. For example, I'm a retired Army officer, and here's my journey so far. I start my career in the infantry where, let's just say, I learned some important lessons in humility. When I go to aviation, I learn to fly helicopters, where I am humbled even more. In time, I develop enough skills, and I'm finally doing what I want to do most, fly the Blackhawk. Now I'm faced with some leadership challenges. First, an important lesson, learning to empower others. Then, I learn to delegate, where I have an experience that shapes how I will lead for the rest of my career. A couple of years later, I find myself in a muddy cornfield, where I'm having a heart-to-heart conversation with a junior officer. My success depends on his. When I know he gets it, I discover that I enjoy developing leadership in others more than I do flying helicopters. I never thought this was possible. Fast forward to the end of my career. I run an ROTC program, Leadership Development, where we transform college students into combat officers. Leadership Development, it's what I love. Like you, my journey continues. We are here today because I honestly believe that I am a product of the best leadership development culture in the world. We can debate that, of course, but I've invested in this radio show because all too often I've discovered that people like you get thrust into a management position without any leadership training. You learn through trial and error. It doesn't have to be that way. I've taken the time to map out this schedule of experts. When I come across a great book, and I know the author has similar values, I want them to share their insights with you. You know that professional reading is important, and you might say, I don't have the time, but you know it's important. So let me let you in on a little secret. There are a number of services that offer book summaries. I started subscribing to Soundview Executive Book Summaries a long time ago. So long, I'm afraid to tell you. It's been decades. I enjoy reading the summaries, and now I'm meeting great authors like Brad, guests who want to help you just as much as I do. Here's what we ask in return. When you find value in our show, be sure to like, share, and spread the word. You'll find everything related to this show at yourevolvingleadershipjourney.com. Check out our schedule to see who's next. Look at the topics. Catch up on any episodes you might have missed. And continue the discussion with like-minded individuals in our LinkedIn group. Again, you'll find everything at yourevolvingleadershipjourney.com. Now for our listeners, if you have questions, here's our call-in number. 
866-472-5790. Again, the call-in number is 866-472-5790. Now, let's meet today's expert, Brad Deitzer. Brad, it's a pleasure to have you. Welcome aboard. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm thrilled to be on. Perfect. Now, Brad is the author of Leading Clarity, a book about clear communication. Brad is passionate about leading with clarity, the focus of both of his companies that serve organizations and their leaders. Brad and his teams focus on inside-the-box thinking, humanizing conditions, and positivity as the organizational glue. He is passionate about the intersection of strategy, culture, and communications, and the intentional leadership required. Clarity is a process that drives performance. Some personal details about Brad. He went to the University of Texas. He worked for Ringling Brothers and Barnum and & Bailey Circus and for Walt Disney World on Ice. Here's why I asked Brad to join us. He is passionate about helping leaders at all levels. He wants you to achieve clarity and leverage your talents to the fullest. Brad's clarity comes from his loving relationship with his family, including his wife and of more than 20 years and two children. Now, once again, let's welcome Brad. We, uh, we appreciate you taking the time to share your insights with us. And so let me ask our first question. What does it mean when you say leading clarity? Why is that the title of your book? Well, Leading Clarity is the title of my book <clears throat> because clarity, so many people think about clarity as a destination, as a, a lightning strike. I was in the shower this morning and I had a moment of clarity. And um, what, what our research over the last uh, two plus decades has shown is, is that clarity is something different than that. Clarity is a process. And we believe that leaders who have that process are able to navigate the constantly changing environments that we live and work in every, every single day. So we're, we, we think it's important for leaders to have uh, a tool, a process to uh, help, get the, help them uh, navigate everything that's uh, going on around them. Okay. And uh, when you get the chance to take a look at his book, he's got something called the um, the CPI and index, and we'll get to that later on. But um, so in his intro, he talks about the clarity conundrum. And if you uh, could expand on this question that I wanted to ask you, because it leads into something else. Why do we seek clarity and what does it do for us? So, you know, I think that leaders are, leaders are in an interesting place. Um, leaders are visible. Um, we're, we're, we're out front. People are counting on us to guide them. Organ people in our organizations want to do well. That's the that's the thing. People want to do well. They need direction. They need direction. They need someone who's willing to stand up and 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 set the the mark in the in the future of where they're where they're going and to help them navigate that. Um, <clears throat> leaders are also there to help overcome and and provide uh, the 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 direction on how to navigate. Some of the um, the conundrums, as we say, that 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 organizations and their people are facing every single day. Okay, great. Now, in that 
that first intro, you talk about, okay, it's all about people. And there's a quote in there that says, it's a way of creating personal capital that allows you to weather any storm. And I want to put it in a, an analogy that I use. I call it having bank. In other words, if I've invested in you and, and I've got some credits in your account, my account with you, um, when I really need you most, um, you're not going to feel like I'm making a huge deposit. And I have at least enough bank in that account for you to say, yeah, I'm willing to help you out. So your comment, a way of creating personal capital. Go ahead and expand on that. You know, look, people, the core of clarity is people. Um, people are what make up our organizations. People are who we're connecting with on uh, the inside, the outside of, of our company. And so when we, when we create, when we, as we say, humanize these connections, we're building real meaningful relationships. And it's something that uh, technology can't do. It's the, it's the relational piece that is so fundamental to business. And what we do right by our people, they're going to be there for us. That's the building bank, as you say. Right. I, I, and I agree with that. And uh, glad to see that you wrote about it and I read about it. So um, now we're actually going to get into moving to chapter one where you talk about you know, something might, which might be contrarian because you always hear about outside the box thinking, but you wrote about thinking about an inside the box, um, which is always, it gets people's attention. So you write something to the effect, you have a much better chance of success if you understand the parameters you're working with in as an organization. So instead of outside the box thinking, you believe inside the box thinking. Tell us about that, please. Yeah, so we've we've done a ton of research on this over the, the, the past couple decades. And uh, you know, when I when I started off my business, I'm I'm known. I've been known my whole career as an outside the box thinker. I'll do crazy things to uh, to encourage my employees to do things to support my uh, clients. Um, you name it, I'll I'll try it. And most people look and go, "Wow, that Brad's that outside the box thinker. Look at that wild, crazy, creative idea." But what I've realized over the years is is that we really talk about that expression, but we never think about what the box looks like. I'm an outside the box thinker. I'm an inside the box thinker. Great. So what does your box look like? And when I began to define what my own box looked like, I realized that in actuality, I was an outside the box thinker. I was an inside the box thinker who was incredibly creative. And what that box allows is a framework for creativity and innovation. Right. And I believe you also write that it increases your efficiency. So let me just share from a personal experience. When I, when I, an army, retired army guy, read your book and say, oh, somebody else believes in structure and that it's a good thing. And so we're going to get into what Brad calls the six sides of clarity. And he talks about the four sides of the box. And so you imagine a cube. I want you to imagine the cube, our listeners. And we're looking at a box and it's got six sides like any cube. Now, Brad talks about the four sides first, but I'm going to throw him a little bit of a curveball, and I want him to talk about something that's perhaps most important to me, because I believe what his fifth side is, which is the bottom or the foundation, and Brad refers to this as identity, is critical and, for, and the most important. So if you would, please talk about the fifth side first. Absolutely. You know what? It's, 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 I'm so glad you... Uh, you asked me that first because uh, very rarely do people want to talk about that first. But in organizations today, there is nothing more important than the bottom of the box. That fifth side, as you say, you know, think about a box that, you know, you, you think about a box that you have on, 
uh, a present that you have wrapped. We, we never, we, 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 we tend to put the tape on the bottom. The, the ribbon is tied on the bottom. Um, the bottom rests on the desk, but that's our foundation. The bottom of the box is the foundation for our organizations. And it doesn't matter if you are a startup. It doesn't matter if you're a Fortune 100 company. The bottom of the box is fundamental to your ability to drive performance in your organization. So when we talk about the bottom of the box, we, we, that's really where the DNA of the organization is, is exposed, it's protected. Um, it's really where we get to understand the, 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 what we believe are the most fundamental elements of the organization. So the bottom of the box to us, really we start with, what do we value? What are the things that motivate us, that we share, that, that we value? Um, what are the organization's characteristics? And um, this is a question that's really important that we ask leaders and organizations. Characteristics are things that were true about the organization whenever it started years ago. It's what's true today. And it, what will be true 10 years, must, what must be true 10, 20 years from now. So the organizational characteristics are critical. And then the other area is purpose. And we hear so much about purpose in today's environment. And purpose is critical because purpose is the reason why we exist. And again, I'll say it again and again and again, the most successful companies in the world are clear about their purpose. But they even they go back and revisit why do we exist. So it's not something that just early stage organizations do, but it's organizations at all stages of, of their evolution. And so we think about that bottom of the box, again, is that, that DNA that's made up of values, purpose, characteristics, traditions. Those are the things. The bottom of the box, we must understand, we must protect, and we must purposely evolve. Great answer. Now, when you started your explanation, I, I had, uh, this is the thought that's going through my mind. You're, you're saying the bottom of the box, it's the formative part. I mean, if I was thinking of a heavy package, guess what? The bottom of the box, assuming it's going to stay in that, uh, that uh, upright that way every time, has to be the strongest. It's got to have the, the most support um, in order to be able to have that package sh get shipped through. So I want to just recap what he said. And, and, and part of it is, is your, is your, a regular listener to this show, you're going to hear me talk about how proud I was of the Army. And, and, and for me, it touched on everything he talked about, characteristics, who we are, purpose, why we do what we do, values. That, you know, one of the things about the military or any organization is you get attracted to that culture because hopefully there's a common set of values between the organization and you, the individuals. And no, I don't expect everybody to be in the army, nor do I expect to be, have been able to serve everything else. And then finally, the last thing Brad mentioned was traditions passed down. Um, I can tell you that I certainly felt like we were an organization that um, of traditions and things that needed to carry on in the future. So if you want to finish up anything else before we go into your four sides, please go ahead. If not, I will ask you, about the four sides. Sure. Now, I mean, the only thing that I, that I would, uh, would add to it is, you know, when you talk about military leadership, I am absolutely fascinated by the military. And I think when you talk about the structure and the, 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 the clarity that the military provides, it's how it keeps people safe. 
it's how it, I mean, we are able to achieve at the levels that we achieve. And uh, I'm, I'm so proud to be able to take lessons from our military and bring them to this, to, to civilian life. Yeah. And I, and I was honored to serve. And I got to tell you um, when we get, when we go through the four sides and we get to the, um, the, the sixth side, I will, I will piggyback on that comment, but uh, without further ado, we're going to try to get at least two of the sides in before our break. And then, uh, then um, we're only, we're talking to Brad Deitzer, the author of leading clarity. If you just joined us. And um, so far we've talked about his, uh, his box, which includes six sides. And we've, First talked about the bottom, um, which is the identity and the foundation. And now we're going to get into the four sides, which each have three dimensions. Now, Brad, um, we don't have time to get into all 12 dimensions. So if you would, let's talk about uh, the, the four sides, directions, direct, excuse me, direction, operations, people, and engagement in that order, if you don't mind. And pick one of the dimensions in each of those um, four sides to, to share with us. So if you would, tell us about direction. And then whether you want to talk about vision and value, strategy, or leadership, your call. All right, perfect. Well, before I do, one of the things we, we, we tell people when we think about the four sides of the box, direction, operations, people, and engagement. Directions and operations make the strategic system. The people engagement are, are the culture system. And uh, the way we help people remember it is D for direction, O for operations, P for people, E for engagement, dope. <laughs> Not, not, not exactly uh, the greatest connotation, but hey, you won't forget it. Direction, operations, people, engagement. So, I don't remember reading that in your book, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Hey, it's Monday morning. Why not? You know. <laughs> so, um, direction is all about uh, a shared vision. Um, it's a shared vision that no matter who you are in the organization, um, you can understand and you can embrace. Um, to me, on that side. Yeah, I, I direction is so important. Um, we're just about to release a, a major white paper on engagement, and a couple of the findings really have to do with vision and leadership. And so, so many organizations um, are operating to survive today, this year, but they don't take a longer-term uh, vision. People need to know where they're going. They need to know that they have a future, that their company has a future. So vision is important to help bind people from where they are to where we're going. It gives them hope um, and gives them direction. So if, if that's, that's the one I think I'd focus on in, in, uh, in that quadrant. Perfect. And yeah, in the interest of time, we can only let him share one of each of the three. Um, so again, pick up his book, Leading Clarity by Brad Deitzer. Okay, the second one, Second side, if you will, is operations. And under operations, Brad has adaptability, performance management, and systems and processes. So, yeah, this, this side of the box is all about the ability to manage change and performance across the organization. Um, this is uh, – th think, think about how your organization operates today and how prepared you are to adapt to the changes that are inevitable Change is the one constant. So adaptability is something that we, we spend a lot of uh, effort focusing on. Um, what can the organization do to make sure that it is able to adapt to the changing environment around it? So, um, you know, each one of these are important. But And I guess if you ask me each a different day, I'd, I'd pick a different one. But today it's adaptability because it feels like Monday and 
it's going to be a week of change. All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to give you an alibi here because we got a little bit of time. So if you want to talk about any of the other dimensions under direction or operations, um, please do. But before you do, we're getting ready. After he explains that, we're going to get ready to go to break. And then uh, if you're listening in and you have any questions you would like to ask directly of Brad, the number is 866-472-5790. Again, 866-472-5790. All right, Brad, pick an alibi. I'll give you... One more. So I'm going to go performance management. Um, you know, organizations, you know, we, we, we're big believers that um, it's not the environment that drives performance. It's the expectations that we set that drive performance. We live up to or down to the expectations we set. And to me, that's a really at the heart and soul of of performance management, being very clear about the expectations and managing them looking at the metrics to show, are we achieving what we set out to achieve? And if we are pushing it out farther, if we're not, what are the things that we must do to affect the change that, that, that we require to move our organization forward? Mm -hmm. So that's a, this is a favorite one of mine. And I, um, I want to ask you this. Have you ever heard this? Have you ever heard of something called footlocker counseling? Uh, tell me what that is. Okay. Um, so the reason this is such a big deal for me is performance management, as you've shared, was for me a big thing in the military. What we learned was you'd have an annual performance evaluation. But as a younger officer, we were required to do a, a review with our people every quarter. So imagine getting your performance review, which is going to be the inked-in document annually. But every quarter you were expected to review, let's say you're going to review, Brad was going to review with Tom, you would have to go through a, what you thought of my performance. And we would have that conversation. And you it would be a penciled-in version of the final thing. So there's there's less, less of a surprise when it comes to review time. And so Footlocker Counseling is this. It's not just the quarter review or the annual reviews. It's you talking to me on a regular basis. And so this, so the metaphor is, is if you are if you can think back of World War II and you got the Army bunks and at the end there's a Footlocker, you're sitting down in that Footlocker and you and I are talking and you're just giving me a heart-to-heart. -heart. This is what I, you think I need to prove, improve. So go ahead. <laughs> it's Footlocker talks, whatever, however you want to call them. Um, are fundamental to being a great leader. Get back to humanizing connections. If we want our people to succeed, if we want our people to be at their best, why wait till the end of the year? Why talk to them twice a year? Find opportunities to recognize what they're doing well and reinforce that. Find opportunities on things, very specific things that they can do better. Reinforce that. Help educate them. Leaders lead, and we lead by connecting with our people. The more that we communicate with them, the more that we help to educate them, to support them with constructive feedback, and often specific. It's not just a, hey, pat on the back, you're doing great. I love to tell people, you're doing great. I want to tell you something that I saw that you were doing that I really think that, that's, that stands out. It was the way that you dealt with that really tough situation, and you did this, this, and this. Be specific. People will hold on to that, and they will replicate that as you, as you reinforce it. 
That's great. And I just, I think I just stole some of your thunder for the uh, third side of your box on people, but there's so much to talk about in that category and we'll be fine there. Uh, we're getting ready to take a break and I just want our listeners, if you just joined us, we're talking to Brad Deitzer, the author of Leading Clarity. And we have discussed so far three sides of his six-sided box or cubed. We've talked about the foundation, which is what he lists as five, six in his book, side, the fifth side, excuse me, in his book. Uh, we've talked about direction and operations and we're going to get ready to talk about the remaining three sides of that box we're going to talk about people we're going to talk about engagement and we're going to talk about the the open environment um if you will that or the environment excuse me which is the top of the box and that's a that's also a fascinating and interesting spot so take your break and we'll look forward to having you back in just a few minutes after this announcement comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. As Tom works with leaders, something he consistently sees is their struggle with engagement and retention. Then their frustration with having to repeat the employee development process again and again. What most people don't know is the answer lies in love. Once they realize that they simply need to apply the golden rule, the results are surprising. They start bringing out the best in others. They develop confident, capable employees, and they find they have more fun and freedom and less stress in their lives. Perhaps most importantly, they satisfy what they've been craving. Now they've created the culture that they and their team have always wanted. This is when Synergy takes over, and the results are astounding. The first step is critical. When you exhibit the self-awareness and humility that shows you need to learn and improve continuously, you set the example and encourage others to follow. To learn more, visit Blackhawk Leadership Development at BlackhawkSpeaks.com. That's BlackhawkSpeaks.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Your Evolving Leadership Journey. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you have questions or comments about the program, you may send an email to Tom at BlackhawkSpeaks.com. Now, back to your evolving leadership journey. Welcome back to your evolving leadership journey with our guest today, Brad Deitzer. You're listening to Voice America Radio, the business channel. And so far with Brad, we've been speaking about uh, this analogy that he uses. That's a great analogy, and I highly recommend his book, and it's a six-sided box or cube. And so far, we've talked about three of the six sides, and they are the identity of an organization, that foundation, the 
and two sides, which were direction and operations. Now we're getting ready to talk about the other two sides, which are people and engagement, and then get to that top of the box, which is the environment, which is really where I believe there's a lot of excitement that comes once you have to find your structure because you're thinking in, inside the box, not outside the box. But once you've got that structure and you've got that box, now the outside the box thinking and the creativity really comes to flow. At least that's my opinion, and we'll listen to the expert here. So, Brad, you can pick up from there and continue with people. And uh, the three, uh, he's got three dimensions for each of his sides of the box. And under people, Brad has coaching and development, talent management, and team capabilities. And he's been touching on at least one of the uh, dimensions as well in his side. So go ahead, Brad, I'll turn it back over to you. Yeah. So the people side, you know, if, as we, as we look at the people side, this is about understanding your people, how they work together and how they grow individually and as a team. And so on this side, I like to think about um, maybe, maybe we'll focus on coaching and development this morning. Um, I am a big believer that, when we give to our people, um, they will give back. And so the coaching and development is an investment. It's an investment like in any other part of your company. Unfortunately, too many leaders look at it and say, well, I'm not going to spend on them because they may not be here. Well, our, our uh, process of clarity helps to make sure that your people stay and our, our, the way that we're able to do the right things in our organization for our people really start with that, that, that side of the box, and it is about coaching and development, letting our people know these are the things that they need to be great at to help the organization to perform better, and then investing in them um, to, to do that. Yeah, that actually goes back to the intro where I told you about that muddy cornfield. I mean, I was in a position where I was just challenged. There was just no way I could do things all by myself. Fortunately, I had learned how to delegate in a previous assignment. And I found myself talking to this lieutenant and realizing that I was genuinely interested in him learning. But like every aviator, and I'm one of those people, we're a type A personality and we think we have the answers and we come in full of, you know, what and vinegar. And, um, and this guy was no different. And I, I simply had to rein him in and then point him in the right direction. And once I was able to do that and I was able to see that he p- picked up the ball and ran, actually he, he exceeded me in my career. He, uh, he retired as a full colonel. He was a brigade commander, did extremely well. And I was so happy for him. But again, that's why I, I'm passionate about leadership development. I enjoy helping people learn and grow. So I just wanted to add that. If you want to piggyback on that, go ahead. If not, we can move on. It's your call. As a leader, it's one of the things that makes me the most proud is when I can help someone see something differently. It may be a client. It may be a CEO that we can help them learn and grow. But it's one of the kind of foundational elements of our organization is this constant quest for knowledge and helping people get better. People help me all day, but it is a major part of what I do and what I invest in. Well, you know, that's great. You know, I'm not going to let you go on this because I'm so hot on this topic. I want to keep talking about it for more, a little more. So not only are you giving back to that individual and you're helping that person learn and grow, which everybody wants to do and everybody wants their contributions to matter because we all want to be part of a, something greater than ourselves, which is a winning team. But um, 
you know, one of the, the benefits that perhaps some people seek out first is that if I teach that employee and I help them and I get them to the point where I can delegate, wow, that frees me up so much where I can dedicate my time to it, to in attention to where the organization needs most. And, and delegation was one of the biggest lessons I've learned. So again, I want to turn it back over to you, the expert. Absolutely. You know, it, 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 it goes both ways though. So Tom, it, it's really interesting to me. So one, we're trying to help someone else be better. If we're the manager, we're the leader, we're the owner of an organization, it's only helping us. Right. Them doing great things is better for us. It's better for them, even if it puts them in a position to go farther in their career with us or somewhere else, I believe it'll be with us. And overwhelmingly in my career, that's proven true. But the other thing is when we take the time to, to coach and help to teach, we're doing something for ourselves besides just the, the, the improved performance of the organization. It's forcing us as leaders to break down concepts in our own minds and reinforce these good behaviors, good habits, the important things that we must do. So it's good for the employee, it's good for the company, and it's good for us as individuals as well. Yeah, and I love this topic so much that I'm going to offer one more thing for you to comment on. You know, one of the things that I loved was, and particularly as a leader, if we can just take a step back and, and not have it be about us, not our ego, um, one of the things that helped me a lot was when I was able to always praise in public, as I believe Dale, Car Dale Carnegie had written, and criticize in private, but, but to give credit to your team as much as possible, and if there's something wrong, to be the one responsible and accept the blame. So one last thing, and I'll, we'll, we'll go on to engagement, but go ahead. I can talk about this all day long because at the end of the day, we can talk about whatever business we want to talk about. It comes back to our people, our people. I have, I have a real simple expression. You can change the people or change the people. And I always want to do everything I can to change the people so I don't have to change the people. Mm -hmm. And I think you know what I mean by that. Right. But um, when we talk about the people part of it, so many organizations get it wrong. And they think that I have to reward them and I have to pay them and I have to, some, as one leader said, bribe them to do, to do the right things. And the answer is no, that's not right. What you need to do is recognize them. People want to be recognized. They want to be recognized that they fit as part of the culture. They want to be recognized for doing the right thing when no one's looking. They want to be recognized for doing their job. So as leaders, if there's one thing that I'd want you to take away from the people side of it is take time to recognize people. Go out of your way to recognize people, whether it's something they've done or simply for who they are. Well, don't take offense to this, but I have to take exception to one of the sentences you used, and only because it's a pet peeve of mine, and, and I know you'll know what I mean as well. When you said that the leader had to bribe people, it's like immediately my mind went to, that wasn't a leader, that was a manager. And what everything Brad is talking about, I think, ties in perfectly to his next um, side of the box, which is engagement. And, and you can, of course, pick up for where we left off here and also just go right into engagement where he's got the three dimensions, our employee clarity and fit, customer focus, and communication effectiveness. So please take the ball. Yeah. So on, on, on this side, and I'm, I'm going to jump back to that because I, I would never say it's a bribe. 
what uh, uh, oh, no, another leader, but it's a pet peeve of mine too oh, okay. because it's simply doing, you know, the, the simply recognizing doing the right thing. There are places for reward, mm-hmm. but it's the recognition that must come first. All right, so and so that was my point. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. So we're we're of like minds here, and I guess for me, it's just the there's a huge difference between management and leadership, and I don't want to get too much off on a tangent. And this is how I feel. This is the way I was developed and trained, if you will. So again, go ahead and go to engagement uh, or whatever, whatever you want to talk about. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so um, the last side of the, the, the four sides of the box for engagement. And so this is where we work to, to make sure that employees understand how they fit not only in their job, but in the whole of the company. It's also where we place emphasis on communication effectiveness and ensuring the customer focus. So on this side, if I'm picking one of the uh, dimensions, I think I'm going to take employee clarity and fit. Because more and more, we're seeing people who want to do great things, who have a skill set, but they don't know where they fit in the organization and they don't know how their work contributes to the whole of the organization's performance. And again, it doesn't matter, small company, mid-sized company, large company, employees understanding the importance of what they do and how it contributes to the whole is a critical piece of being in clarity. You know, what's surprising to me there is, um, you know, after 20 years in the army, I was, we had this, this, uh, thing called a support form for your your performance appraisal and and it said what your roles and responsibilities so everybody knew at least uh, everybody that I ever worked with everybody knew what their role and responsibility was in the organization and you know they you don't join to an all-volunteer force if you don't believe in the values so those are some things that we just had going for us to our advantage you know the tradition the culture and and I guess in a lot of ways I feel um, like I'm blessed that I was in a part of that culture, but I didn't experience some of the things that I, I see and hear about in the business world, which you've touched on. And I don't know if you want to continue before you go into the, the, the final side here. And then of course I've got follow-up questions, but if you do, please piggyback on that. Uh, say that, say that where, where you want me to go. Tell me that well, one more time. If you, if you want to talk about the whole thing about roles and responsibilities and everybody knowing that, I mean, I, I just took it for granted because we, we received those before we started uh, each of our, at our new jobs. And we, we knew, okay, this is what your job, but this is what your role. And you had a list, not only, so that was part A. Part B was, here are my objectives for the next 12 months. And then part C was, what did I actually accomplish? at the end of those 12 months. And again, as I was talking about earlier before the break, where I mentioned we would go through these uh, footlocker counseling was the informal, the very informal, the the semi-formal, which would be a quarterly in pencil review of, well, you know, these are all the things you said you wanted to do. Let's, let's assess where you are. And then finally, at the end of the day, at the end of the year, it would be your pen and ink thing. But there were no surprises because if you did this properly and you followed the, the process. Go ahead. Yeah. So the whole, you know, I'm going to step back from that just a little bit. Okay. And the whole concept of the box construct is about providing definition. And when you're under, when, when leaders understand the direction, operations, people, and engagement, when they understand those, the, that and the top and the bottom, 
we're creating a construct for them to be more effective leaders. Mm -hmm. But more than that, or equal to that, it's giving the people in the organization a place in which to belong. So they know what is expected. They know where the company is going. They know that the company is able to adapt. They, they are um, focusing on the people and the engagement. And so when we talk about the definition of the roles and responsibilities, so many of us, and I, I, am, I am guilty of this maybe more than anybody. When I hire someone, I'm very clear on what they're going to do and how they're going to contribute. But the reality is, is that there are changing needs in the business that require people to do more, that require people to shift, that require people to add this thing onto their, onto their plate. And so reinforcing those parameters, just like we did on the bottom of the box of purpose, Purpose seems easy. These responsibilities seem easy, but we need to go back and look at them and share them and talk about them. So roles and responsibilities, objectives, this is what you're going to do in order to, it, this is how you're going to be successful are all really important and we take them for granted in business. Oh, well, they know their role. Well, do they know their role? Or has their role changed? Or has the company changed? Or has something in the environment changed? Or has a customer's needs or demands changed? So revisiting that gives them their personal box, if you will, from which to operate. They become their own leaders and not only are leading from their box, but they're leading inside and outside their box. Yeah, that's great. And you know, as I was listening to you give that last response, um, I'll admit it, when I, when I first read your book title, Leading Clarity is like, what? What's this all about? And um, you've solidified the point there because everything you've said is about clarity, clarity, clarity and communications. And, you know, um, we just have to be super clear in what we're trying to communicate. And, and yes, I, uh, a place where you belong and me having entered a organization that was centuries old in a, in a tradition, culture, um, those things were all set in place. And so, yeah, I probably took that for granted um, in the business world just doesn't have that same advantage. So at any rate, that's, uh, that, that doesn't mean you can't do it because you've got people like Brad writing books that can help you get to from, from point A to point C. So we're about ready to go into the last side of the box, which is the top and the environment. And Brad, I got to tell you, when I was reading this section, this is where I actually thought, okay, well, here's where the box actually could open up. Even though it's a side and it's your environment, it's where everything opens up in the big picture. So you're not in your head. And I know the people uh, who are listening can't see that, but we are doing this. Why are we doing this visually? Because it improves communication. This is more better clarity for Brad and I, as we are trying to communicate ideas and, and be helpful to you, the listener. So go ahead, talk about the environment, please. And yeah. go ahead. So, so, so the, the top of the box is the environment and it really does open up. It opens us up to the, to the world around us. Um, the, the environment side takes into account everything, everything around us, including the competitive forces, the market trends, the changing consumer behavior that all influence how we make decisions as leaders. Um, this is the side of the box that helps us make sure that our, um, our organization and our outward-facing brand are in alignment. So as we think about this side of, of, of the box, um, this is our outward look, if you will, to help us make decisions that, that help to keep our box connected and grounded. 
So it's it's an important part, and this is a side that we are um, really thinking about what's happening out there. Are there changing consumer needs? Are there changing things in our customers? Are what what is what is happening with uh, with um, our, our our customers? What's what what is what is it that they want and need, and are we providing it? You know, I always talk about on on each of these different sides. It's it's looking at the holistic kind of perspective of what's around us, but it starts with questions. I always think it's important to say, what are they needing? How are they needing it? How are we delivering it? What can we do differently? What can we do better? And we may be at the top of our game, but understanding the environmental side is is fundamental to success and sustainability and durability. Okay. Well, and just to recap, on the top of his box, he, he talks about stakeholders, customers, and you also have a section in there about intuition and emotional intelligence. I'd like you to expand on the last one, please. Yeah, um, there's, there's so much on, on, on the top of the box. Um, emotional intelligence is a big piece, and it goes back to the concept of understanding, connecting with people. We'll talk about it over and over again. We talk about think inside a new framework, which is think inside this box. We talk about positivity as the glue that holds it together. And we talk about humanizing connections. And humanizing connections really has a lot to do with that emotional intelligence and understanding and connecting on a more fundamental level with people inside and outside our, our organizations. Great. Now, I'm going to go into, we've only covered the first couple chapters of Brad's book, which is Leading Clarity, and I highly recommend that you pick it up, and if you want to know more about uh, thinking inside the box and how it can improve your performance and efficiency, and I've got some canned questions, and I'd like to start with one that a, uh, a follower has shared, and I'm going to paraphrase that question, and then we're going to go on to other questions that we have, but if you have questions, the, the dial-in number, again, is 866-472-5790. This would be a perfect time to ask your question, 866-472-5790. So the writing response or the pre-question I got had to do with, um, you know, a lot of times you get these lists where people say these are the top seven leadership traits or the top five or whatever. Um, do you have any feeling on a list of traits? And if so, please share. So we're, as an, as an organization, one of the greatest successes that we've had helping organizations is, let's go back to the bottom of the box for a minute, and we talk about values. And we believe that values are critical to an organization. But the other side of the coin are what we call behavioral competencies. And these are behaviors that everyone in the organization, whether it's a core employee or a leader or a manager, needs to live up to. And so within that organization, we're big on, we're big believers in leadership traits, in which we call competencies, that are very clearly defined. They've changed the trajectory of our company. They've changed how we hire, how we do, a, how we do um, uh, our evaluations, how we promote. Outside of our organization, we do believe that there are a set of, of, of leadership competencies that we believe very strongly um, are important for leaders to continually work on um, for themselves. Some of them are, um, we believe that leaders need to 
know how to navigate ambiguity and work on navigating ambiguity because change is our constant. We are dealing in one of the, the fastest changing times when technology, societal, societally, politically, um, we believe that thinking strategically, leading change, are all some of the competencies that leaders need to exhibit. So when in our institute, the Deitzer Clarity Institute, which is a think tank and idea accelerator and learning lab, we bring leaders in and sometimes just they have a membership and they come here and they look, they have to, they're forced to look in a mirror and take a Sharpie and, and, and mark on the re respond to each of the different leadership competencies that we have as part of the leadership box, if you will. Um, and one of, the, one of the competencies that we believe that leaders need to exhibit and work on is positivity. And we talk about positivity being the glue to the organization. It holds together all sides of the box. It also is a critical, critical trait for leaders to exhibit and to constantly practice. So, Brad, this hour is flying by, and I, I want to leave the remaining five minutes or so that we have for you to talk about the things that are most important. And I just want to go back to something I touched on earlier when I talked about, I believe it's figure 2.2 in your book, the, the CPI index. Do you want to give the audience a visual of that and how it, it ties everything together? And then anything else you want to talk about, feel free. Yeah. So the, the CPI, which is called the clarity performance index is one of the most important assessments that we have. And I think one of the greatest tools to evaluate organizational health. And so the Clarity Performance Index is a box, and it's broken up into the four quadrants, direction, operations, people, and engagement. And we evaluate each of the dimensions in, on each side of the box. And it allows us to see how the organization's performing. Unlike most assessments that say you're doing good, you're doing bad, we don't care about that. We want to know where you are with each of, the, each of those dimensions in that given moment. We recognize that in organizations, sometimes building on your weakness works, but oftentimes what propels the organization forward is focusing on the things that are core to your business to drive them forward, going back to that positivity. So we look at the whole of the organization. We look at each of the dimensions, including positivity, with our, what we call the positivity quotient, which allows us to understand an organization's ability to achieve its desired future state. And so it's a very, very powerful diagnostic prescriptive tool that is uh, it's 60 questions. It takes an organization uh, typically less than um, 10 minutes to 10 to 15 minutes to fill it out. And it's uh, it provides some really robust, uh, robust information. So, that's a, it's, it's, a, it's a great way to know. Uh, we believe that everything's knowable, and so we help our clients understand what is knowable in the organization at every level of the organization. And so that's one of, the, that's one of my uh, favorite uh, tools out there because it, uh, it never fails in giving the leader the real picture of, of the organization. Right. And I got to tell you, when I saw that, um, here's what it, it reminded me of a blend of two things. Number one, if you've ever, for our listeners, if you've ever filled out one of those balance wheels about how satisfied you are in your life and, and it, you would fill out for each of the four, six, or however many dimensions there are on that wheel, and you had that wheel rolling down the, the hill with how satisfied you are, um, 
it would uh, give you an idea of how effective you are, um, that sort of thing. And the other con other one was, I forgot what it's called, but we have one of those organizational green, red, yellow, red, gives you an idea of where you stand as an organization. So um, we've only got three or four minutes left. If you want to talk further about that, please go ahead. But then I want to ask you some questions specifically about how to reach you and, and the Deitzer Clarity Institute. Go ahead. Yeah, um, you know, the, 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 the tools are important. Um, but the one thing that I, the, the one takeaway I'd love to give leaders today is lead with 100% of the truth. We're seeing organizations today that are so politically correct that go out of their way to foster um, uh, friendly conversations in the boardroom. Um, we're, we're avoiding the tough conversations. We need to get back to building our companies based on 100% of the truth. So find a way to create a culture, to create an environment that allows that clarity of expression, that allows 100% of the truth so that we're not saying part of what we think and someone else is saying part of what we think and we're building our organization on that. Okay. We only have a couple minutes left. So I want to give you the opportunity to let the listeners know, well, how do they find you? How do they reach you? They can, uh, I'm on, um, I'm on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, um, uh, Facebook, uh, at Brad Deitzer. And, uh, that's B R A D D E U T S E R. And, uh, how about my, you spell that last name again? Cause it doesn't sound like Deitzer. I got to tell you, <laughs> it doesn't sound like a look or looks like it sounds, but it's at, it's, it's, uh, Brad B R A D Deitzer D E U T S E R. I also have, um, they can find me at the Deitzer clarity Institute.com. Deitzer.com or braddeitzer.com. Braddeitzer.com is where we have a lot of our things that we write and we publish. Um, the Clarity Institute is one of the most interesting uh, places and things that I've ever been part of, and it's uh, Willy Wonka land for business, so check it out. Great. Thank you so much, Brad. We're going to close up here um, in our last minute. Now, if you go to yourevolvingleadershipjourney.com, I've got links to Brad. You'll be able to see his smiling face and point to them. So you've been listening to the Voice America Radio Business Channel, another episode of Your Evolving Leadership Journey with your host, yours truly, Tom Crea. Every week at Monday, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, and again at 6 p.m. Eastern Time as well. It's replayed, um, and I hope it's a great way to start your week. We've had the privilege of listening to Clarity Expert, Brad Deitzer, Leading with Clarity. Every week, we'll interview another author who will take us on a deep dive into their specialty. Next week, we'll hear from Dr. Miguel Frederick Coetzer, and he's from South Africa, and he'll share insights into us, into servant leadership with us, some of which you might find very surprising. And here, for example, a quote from his book, companies that did business from a foundation of love and purpose and practiced servant leadership produced a 1,026% return on investment to shareholders over a 10-year period, eight times more than good to great companies. So be sure to listen in and check out yourevolvingleadershipjourney.com. Spread the word. Thanks again for having us and have a great week. We'll look forward to having you with us next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Your Evolving Leadership Journey. Be sure to join host Tom Crea for another edition next Monday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And have a great week.